Welcome to LOA Today. I'm Walt Thiessen here with Daniel Mangana. Today is Thursday, February the 20th, 2020. It's 4 p.m. New York time and wherever you are in the world, thank you for joining us for another episode of LOA Today, your daily dose of happy. And I'm happy that I'm doing a show at all. I've had two cancellations this week, Daniel, and we always had a third one. I mean, fortunately, we were able to pull this one out, but I yeah, mean, yeah. It's, it's gotten to the point where I'm thinking, geez, I mean, is my vibration wrong? What's going on? <laughs> But how are you doing? I hope you're doing well. Yeah, I'm doing really, really well. Just uh, obviously uh, having to deal with um, government it, agencies, which it, is really interesting. Issues happen. That's all there is to it. You know, stuff exactly. stuff just happens and we have to deal with it. And I, actually, I think there's kind of a sort of a mini lesson in there because when stuff does happen, it really comes down to how you're going to handle it. You know, yeah. are, you, are you going to handle it in a way it's, oh, geez, I can't believe this is happening. Or are you going to handle but it like, you know, oh, well, you know, it, you know, it's going to be over soon. No big deal. It, but today was one of those days um, where I, I I was really watching things closely. Um, I got up at three to do my meditation and I was just really, really sat. Mm. I was sat, energy levels were low, um, physical, not even emotional, physical energy levels were low. And it would have been self-harm basically to go and sit and do an hour and a half meditation at that time. So I said, you know what? Wow. My friend does a, a group meditation that I'm on most mornings at 630 my time it's uh 7 30 central time so i said you know what i'm listening to my body i'm gonna hit the sack this isn't me being lazy it, i feel off i'm gonna just go go back to sleep and i'll get up and do the meditation with ian got up logged in he was cancelled so <laughs> <laughs> it was no meditation so i said okay all right uh, but then, of course what happened was because he does it he used to do it on zoom now he does it on facebook so my mm. phone had turned on but normally, by the time my phone turns on at that time, I've charged up and I've got, you know, I've got myself right. I've done my affirmations. I've done morning prayer. I hadn't done any of that this time. And all the stuff started coming through. And then mm. I started doing the stuff. And then I caught myself and said, no, I'm not doing any of that. I said, I'm going back to sleep. I'm going to reset the clock. I'm going to uh, stop the momentum, reset the clock, and then wake up. But then it's just been, it's just been like, not really my groovy groove mm. today. Yeah, I didn't. Um, I didn't do like the morning workout. I didn't do any of the stuff that I would normally do. And then I realised, number one, I've been eating crap recently. <laughs> so ah. <laughs> I was in I was in Mexico City with Olga, and um, see, down in Cabo, there's not really a lot of junk food. But like day before yesterday, I had KFC, like, <laughs> chicken, like popcorn chicken, and three pieces of chicken. I scoffed it walking the streets <laughs> of Mexico City, and I, I I haven't had you know over the counter fried chicken in months. Uh, I, I basically had an entire family-sized apple pie by myself over two days. Oh my goodness! Sat there eating it. And um, what else have I done? Yeah. So normally, like when I'm um, in my place, I'm in the hotel again this week. Long story short, normally I'm at my house. You know, I put some fresh steaks, chicken, or fish on my my barbecue. You know, I have salads, asparagus, and green beans or broccoli, and you know, I eat really healthy food. Mm-hmm. I practice intermittent fasting. So my body's normally got the autophagy going on. So I'm feeling really good. But I basically had, you know, there's nothing wrong with having a, you know, a few bits and pieces now and then. But within a few day period, I wasn't having my normal level of fresh greens and vegetables and sort of healthy organic food. And I had just a lot of crap in a very short period of time. And then my blinds were closed this morning as well. So there was no, no good juice coming in from the sun and, 
no meditation. It was just all these things piled on top. So then when all this stuff happened with the IRS, I just laughed. I said, well, what did you expect, Dad? What sort of momentum did you set up for the day? Today. So when I started yeah. to panic, I was like, no, I'm, I'm stopping this here. I'm going to send a message. Everything's going to be okay. And, uh, and here we are. So, And, and that's the right thing to do. I mean, it, it's not easy to remember to do that. But you no. did exactly the right thing. Everything was going wrong. And yeah. you didn't fall into it. You could have fallen into that. You fault. You could have fell into that. You know. Yeah. It, yeah. it could have been your behavior, but you decided, no, I'm not going to do that. And I'm not that. it just yeah. kind of washed, and, and it all washed away. That's the cool part. It just kind of flowed away. And I'm going to have a nice, great time with you. And then I'm going to go and hit the beach and get my feet on the sand and ground and get some salt water and cleanse off, and then um, chill out. That's what I'm going to do. It also occurred to me, you're kind of, I mean, you're traveling for the day, right? So you're kind of on vacation time and vacation time, you know, diets fall apart. Uh, everything, <laughs> everything, we just got to throw it all away because this is on vacation, right? <laughs> yeah, it's just, I, I, I was like recording. So the thing is, ordinarily, when I'm taking, when I'm sending her off, I go up to Mexico City with her the day before, then pack her off and then come back to Carbo. So I'm not normally away for more than a day. Mm. But uh, I had like a lot of stuff going on during the day. So the, the only time I could get there was Saturday. It was the only available day I had to travel. So then I'm outside of my normal environment. I'm in a hotel, so I don't have a kitchen. And I'm basically at a screen recording or doing stuff or on phone mm. calls all day. Yeah. So then you just grab whatever's there and just grab whatever's there versus right. sort of have the healthier bits and pieces. So, yep. yeah, just giving my body a rest today. I'm not going to fight it. Um I think I'm going to miss my my target of workouts for this week, unfortunately. But today I'm going to rest up and go to the beach ground and then have an early night today. I'm fasting right now. I'm going to break my fast with something healthy, let the system reset, and then get back to eating properly tomorrow. Get up, make sure I get a workout, and leave the blinds open so I let the sunlight wake me up in the morning and for my second wake up, and, and that'd be fine. So this is an interesting way to begin the show because once again we're discussing your book, Stepping Beyond Intention. We've done uh, two weeks on it so far. Um, last week, uh, we talked a little bit about what the word beyond means in the title and uh, why that's an, why that's important. But you also talked about how you, you told us a couple stories that were not like this one, but similar in the sense that you had dealt with stuff. You tried to apply it. It didn't quite work the way you expected it to. And then you did some tweaks. The main mm-hmm. tweak being that you kind of left the gratitude piece, piece out. You, you incorporated that and then everything got you back into the mm-hmm. groove. So this this is almost like a continuation of that story in a sense because you found another way to make a tweak to the thing, you know? <laughs> definitely, definitely, definitely. <laughs> Sometimes you just gotta take a pause, you know? Uh, and I think that's a really important lesson for everyone to, 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 to take on board. Regardless of what modality you're working with, regardless of what's going on, it's okay sometimes to take a pause. And I, mm-hmm. I did something on this on my, um, I think it's on my YouTube channel, if not, it's definitely on my, my, my Instagram feed. It's just that sometimes, just being gentle with yourself and taking a pause is a healthy thing to do. Mm. It's important. It's imperative. I'd even say to keep checking in to make sure that that um, taking a pause isn't turning into stopping or apathy, but yeah, taking a pause, listening in and saying, okay, what's going on here and giving yourself a chance to recalibrate. So with the, the way you presented it in the book, you, you basically have a four step process. We've touched on it briefly. We haven't really gone into great detail about each of the different steps. So I figured we could do that today. Um, mm-hmm. step one being to accept, step two being to clear, step three, gratitude, which we talked about a bit last week and step four, listening. So let's go back to step one. Let's just go through each one of them one at a time and, and just be very specific about what each of these steps are all about. So accept what's going on there. So accept it's, it's a mindset piece 
It's accepting I'm the author and creator of my life. And that shows up as number one, accepting everything that's shown up and is in my life right now is a choice that was made on some level of consciousness by me. So whether it's conscious or unconscious, higher level, karmic, other lifetime, whatever you want to look at, there's a point at which you can accept responsibility for it. All right. And once you accept that responsibility, it also gives you the power to have dominion over what comes in next. Mm. So that's it, accept. Okay. And uh, next, of course, is clear. Okay. Clear is a practical step. And clear is all about getting rid of the energy traps that are blocking you from the present moment. So that might require letting go of anxiety for a future that hasn't happened yet or letting go of a past that's not real anymore and coming back to the now. And I present a number of practices and tools that people can use to let go of those energy traps and bring their energy back to the present moment. So give us a couple of those as an as samples, some of the, the tools that you recommend in the book. Uh, breath work is one that can be used to, to get into your body. And meditation is a great one as well. But then there are rudimentary things you can do in your life, just laughing, putting on something that makes you smile. One of my changing favorites. Your, yeah. Changing your physiology, changing your physical environment. Um, another one is uh, you, when you're dealing with deeper rooted energy traps is going for things like therapy but i say talking it out not talking it in so getting it off your chest so you're not mm -hmm. longer you're no longer attached to it um another great one on there is something like eft tapping therapy really really great disrupts your emotional attachment to a particular thought or feeling um you can use stuff like uh, faster eft you've got hot upon upon you know thank i'm sorry please forgive me i love you thank you that's really great stuff um but what i do and this is actually a free resource i share with a lot of people i've created something called a clearing encyclopedia Ooh. which is essentially a toolkit of different modalities that I've researched over the last 15, 20 years. And tested I think you out. showed that to me. Yeah. That was, that, was, that was quite a list yeah. that you had there. I mean, you, you've yeah. been clearly doing some research to put that one. Yeah. Down. <laughs> <laughs> I actually include um, uh, in the book, there's one that was current as of um, September of last year, but I found some new ones I researched. So though, what, like, for example, um, I did the masterclass in my group a couple of weeks ago. Was it last week? And I gave that away as a gift on one of the days. So, mm. yeah, if anyone wants to join my Facebook group, com forward slash Facebook, in the file downloads there, there's the most up-to-date one, and I always keep that current. So, I'll make sure that I'll put another link in for the uh, the Dream with Dan uh, group on Facebook, too, so people can Very find soon. you there. So, yeah. okay. And uh, by the way, I wanted to ask you about the EFT, uh, just because mm -hmm. that's, that's something I like to ask people about whenever they bring it up. It's something that I've, I've kind of tried a little bit, didn't really get a whole lot about, a whole lot out of it. And so kind of just left it by the wayside. You know, I, mm -hmm. like everybody else I go through, I pick the ones that work nicely and I throw away the ones that don't work quite so well. Yeah. Um, but what is it that you like about it? What, what kind of, can you tell us like a success story or what's really been really good about it for you? So I first came up on EFT um, back in 2003, 2003 mm -hmm. or 2000, 2004. So we're going back 16 years. I first came up on EFT. Okay. And I actually used it for, um, it was a performance coach that gave me EFT to mm -hmm. get me out of stuck states. And it's, it's a great disruptive. And you can go through the full thing. You know, you can go through the full thing when you're dealing with something really deep. But the really cool thing is that, just when you're in a state, you can just sit there and just tap and get a bit of breathing space. See, one of the things I, I talk about in the book and I talk about generally speaking, really, is the idea of stacking your clearing tools. You know, sometimes you're not clear enough to even get up and go and do a meditation or clear enough to go up and, and laugh about it. You're too deep in the muck. 
but sometimes there's that one thing that you can do that can just create enough space for you to move on to the next thing to clear a bit more of the muck, you know? And tapping for me is just so easy. I can sit there, I can be in a, a situation, like in a conversation that's making me feel anxious, and I can just under the table go ahead and tap and just get back in my body again and start disrupting that energy flowing through my body. And, and, and it's really easy to do. You can just go ahead and do it. Um, there, I, I love the, the Andrea Lewis, who does the, the, the tapping therapy for my, my group coaching programs. I love her ability to to take you through the emotions and to guide you through it. And it's great to have a you know facilitator to, to help you. But when you're just out there in the wilderness by yourself, you can still get a bit of breathing room just from sitting there and tapping away. Um, and you don't even need to remember the entire sequence of steps in order to, to get some, some peace. You can just go ahead and tap that, that piece of your hand and just get a bit, of, a bit of breathing room. Even if it's just for you to say, hi, I think I need to, to step away from this for a moment or I can sit up and get out of the funk. It's a really cool tool, I find and whenever I've heard about tapping, it reminds me very much about what my Monday co-host, Louis D'Souza, has talked about. And uh, in fact, his sister-in-law was also on the show for a bit uh, talking about Jin Shin Jitsu. I don't know if you know that one, uh, but Jin Shin Jitsu, it, it's kind of along the same lines as, as tapping or uh, acupuncture or acupressure or any of these things. Uh, but it, it's, it's holding. It, it's holding parts of the body. You, with tapping or EFT, it's tapping parts of the body. With jiu-jitsu, it's holding parts of the body, and there's a whole series associated with what happens if you're if you're worried, you hold on to your thumb. If you're angry, you hold on to your middle finger. I mean, there's a whole bunch of these oh, wow. holds, and very much the same kind of, uh, of thought process uh, in terms of you know what people are trying to get out of it, and again, producing results in many cases that are rather astonishing. I mean, the, wow. certainly the stories that Louis and Astrid told me about were really quite eye-opening. So wow. I, I just think it's fascinating. People have been able to develop various ways of just, you know, interacting with the body in order to calm the body down. It's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. you know? I mean, one thing that's, for me is that I see all of these things as permission slips. Mm. All of them are permission slips to demonstrate our acceptance of a narrative our subscription to 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 a story our subscription to 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 to, to an agreement effectively mm -hmm. um i was listening to a podcast my friend ben azadi's got a really great podcast on health and he had um i can't remember the name of the chap the um the caveman or something like that some some guy that does a lot of i'm not i'm butchering people's names his name is joel abel i think his name is the modern caveman one of those <laughs> eat like a caveman people but it's great stuff but i was listening to the podcast and um uh, he was saying that i think it's 30 to 40 percent of results come from the belief mm. in its viability or not and it's the nocebo works the same way 30 to 40 percent of failures because of a lack of belief in it and so when part and for, when and for it, people who don't know what a nocebo is why don't you define that for a moment that's the opposite of the placebo so placebo is your belief in it makes it work the nocebo is your disbelief in it stops it working so if I give you medicine that's worked for a million other people, if you really don't believe in it, your brain can literally stop the function of that medicine working for you. Um, so it's, a, it's a pretty much the opposite. So when, whenever I'm working with people, I always make sure that we go through the clearing toolkit and we get them to play with it for a period of time and see which ones work for them. Journal what their results are in different situations so they can start to build up their own personal clearing toolkit that they believe in. So, you know, you said your experience with tapping. 
So I'd make sure that with you, we wouldn't do anything tapping related because it, it just doesn't have the effect. Obviously, I'd, I'd encourage you to play full out. It's always about playing full out and giving it a try. Mm-hmm. But if that's been done and it doesn't work for you, then it doesn't work for you. We just don't, we don't use it. It's as simple as that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It reminds me also of something that a former co-host uh, suggested to me one time about a year, year and a half ago at a point where I was kind of struggling with some stuff. And after one of the shows, she suggested to me, why don't you just make a, a written list of all the things that have worked for you so that when you're in a bad place and you want, you can't really remember what to do, just you can go look at your list. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was brilliant. And and I actually did that. I have it on, on the wall. I've got a list of uh, something like 16 items on there. And do I do I actively use all those items? No, but you know, if, if I'm not, not in a good place, I'll go look at the list because I'm, you know, uh, well, if I'm not in a good place and I can't remember what any of my, my practices are, I'll go to the list. Most now, yeah. often now I can actually think of, well, I'll just sit here and do some breathing or something. But mm-hmm, there was mm-hmm. a time where I couldn't remember. And that mm-hmm. time wasn't all that long ago. <laughs> it was fairly recent. So having that list was a really helpful thing to do. So it, that sounds very similar to what you've done with the with your toolkit there. Just put yeah, a list. Definitely. Yeah, to put a list together. I mean, for me, Deep cleansing breaths normally can get me to a space where I can think clearly because you've got to remember that when you start to get into stress and anxiety and fight or flight, the chemicals and hormones running in your brain are stopping you being able to function. You're moving into high beta. Mm. And in that space, your ability to reason, your ability to see what your options are greatly diminished. So for me, just getting out of my parasympathetic nervous system with some deep cleansing breaths allowed me to see, okay, everything's not going completely bonkers. Mm. The world isn't ending. That person isn't that bad. Chill out, dude. You know, yeah, right. <laughs> it's the paper to me to do that. That's good. That's good. And then, of course, um, now we've done accept and clear gratitude. We touched on last week, but we should bring it on a little more discussion about that today because I would say that's probably one of the most important steps. I mean, there are a lot of people who actually teach start with gratitude before you do anything else because of mm-hmm. how powerful it really is. So, mm-hmm. tell us about uh, gratitude and how that fits into your four step process. Okay, my four-step process, gratitude is connecting to the outcome as a present reality through being grateful for it. Mm-hmm. Just stepping into the emotional state of what you want to experience and knowing that it's really already here. We're not connecting to a future that hasn't happened yet. We're not connecting to a possibility that might not be true. By the time we get to this space, we should have a clear intention. We should be in a space of desire. We should be uh, we should be have ownership of our ability to create it. And we should have a clean slate on which to imprint our new outcome as an emotional state. So we do that here in gratitude. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. So since, mm-hmm. since we talked about gratitude a lot last week, I'll refer people to last week's show if you want to learn sure. more about that. Um, but let's take some time. That, this is the one that I wanted to spend more time on today because I'm, I'm kind of curious to know what specifically you have in mind with it. Step four is listening. And listening yeah. could mean – listening, it, it could mean – a lot of things depending on what you're listening to. So yeah. what kind of listening are we talking about here? <laughs> so every single one of these um, four steps has got seven levels of depth to them. Okay. So um, I've given um, the, the synopsis of them. There is an extreme, like the extreme, the extremity of each of them. So the extremity of accept is literally accepting every single thing that's happening here and now as a present reality. Just accept it. And that's not just accepting it. As in, oh, I'm accepting this, like just acknowledging that this reality, this moment here and now is as it is. Okay. It's already been created. So how I respond to it is going to then have a say in what 
now as I, ex- I experience going forward. But I don't, I lose my dominion over what goes, happens going forward by rejecting any part of my present experience. So that's the extreme of accept. But doing so, I don't just say, okay, accept all of your reality now. <laughs> no, we, we start at the very beginning with common denominator theory, which is what I talk about in the book um, as a principal ideal. Talk and about that. Thought, give, give, give us a little bit of background there. So common denominator theory, basically, it's a simple mathematics, regardless of how much you know, responsibility someone wants to take for the creation of their reality. There's a simple mathematical reasoning behind you being the common denominator. Every single experience in your life, you are the only thing that will be present in every single one of them. Your mother may be present in 50%. um, Your dad may be in 55. uh, Your brothers and sisters may be in 62 because you hang out with them more. Your teacher in 20%, your boss in 10. um, Your significant other in another 25%. But there's only one thing that's present in every single experience, and that's you. Mm-hmm. So even if you don't like the idea of accepting responsibility, logically, if you want to create change, the smart place to start is with you because you are everywhere. So if there are 20 relationships in your life, all of them in varying spaces, you could go through and work on every single one of those relationships individually, or you could work on you. And to varying degrees, every single one of those relationships must change because you, as a common denominator, have changed. And so when we look at our relationship to the things in our life, whether it's to our health, to our abundance, uh, to our, our, our relationships with other people, places and things, if we work on us, every single one of those dynamics has to change to some degree. And when we do that with awareness and we do that very deliberately with intent, we can then start to, to be conscious of the outcomes and conscious of the changes that we're experiencing in our life because we started in a place that logically is related to all of them. That makes a lot of sense. I'm sure everybody's saying that, kind of nodding their heads. But how many of us actually develop a relationship with ourselves? I mean, we we, we kind of assume that (laughs) that we're there. I mean, I'm always there. I'm always wherever I am. How about that? (laughs) But, (laughs) But how many of us actually take the time to develop that relationship? And this is and this is where we start to move through. I mean, so each one of these seven levels of your detention, you can actually move through the steps at each one of those levels. And that's why it becomes a cyclical process. That's why it becomes this, when it, sorry, it's when it becomes a cyclical process of moving through these four steps round and round again, because each time you move through those steps, you accept a deeper level and then you clear a deeper level and then you can accept into a deeper level of creation and then you can listen at a deeper level and then you can accept at a deeper level because you are developing a deeper relationship with your reality and that relationship depth then starts to shift the level of creative um, creative power that you witness in your life rather than it being unconsciously. Mm-hmm. So at that level of common denominator, you wouldn't be ex- expected to step into a deeper level of clearing than you were ready for at that time. And that's the micro shift. It's not there and then go to level seven of clear. It's okay, let's start with level one of clearing. If we can go a bit further, we push our edge, but not our buttons. And we push a bit further. But if not, then we stay at that level and move into gratitude at that level. And then we move into listening at that level. And then we see where we're at, which is what listening is about. It's thinking and feeling with awareness, understanding where I am right now, because I'm aware of where I am right now. I'm listening to my inner voice. I'm listening to my body. I'm listening and looking and witnessing my relationships from a, from a space of the observer. And so we do that. And then we see, okay, I accept this now. I'm clear. I'm really feeling gratitude. I've witnessed the change. I celebrate that. And then I go back in and go a bit deeper. Okay. So that works. 
can I step into a deeper level of acceptance? And we go through those seven levels until ultimately at the deepest level of acceptance, like I said, we're just, okay, this is what's here right here and now. I've created it. I may not like it, but I've created it. It's my responsibility for what's going to be next at the, at its nth degree. And then clearing has its deepest level, which is that love is the answer. At the end of the day, we can do all of this work, but what we're really doing is we're getting to a space of loving presence in the now. Because that as a, as a frequency, it's a measurable frequency, has a power to dissolve any challenge that we find ourselves pulling us out of the present moment. But in order to get there, it generally demands that we go through this process of learning to have a relationship with the present moment over time, learning to let go of, of our, our traumas, learning to let go of our anxieties, learning to let go of our stories, all of these things that are pulling us out of the present moment. And that's a practice. I just got notified that our live stream has stopped. So I'm going to uh, try to reconnect that. But while I'm sure. reconnected, we'll just continue with our discussion anyway. Um, sure. When we talk about uh, interacting with ourselves, listening to ourselves, because that's the word you use is to listen. Mm -hmm. Listening can take a, a number of different forms. Yes. Um, for instance, we listen to ourselves often in ways that we don't really think about consciously whenever we're talking to ourselves about, yep. you know, everything that's going wrong. And we're listening mm -hmm. to that, you know, mm -hmm. it may not be the best thing to listen to, but it's what we're listening to. <laughs> <laughs> and as a result of that, well, then we also end up with things like beating ourselves up and, mm -hmm. you know, giving ourselves a hard time. And you know, we, we can be really pretty rough on ourselves. So listening can actually work out a number of different ways. You kind of have to be selective, don't you, about, you know, how are you going to listen to yourself and what are you going to listen to and when are you going to be talking to yourself? Well, this is the thing, and, and this is, again comes down to having these seven different levels of, of, of depth to, the, to, to, to listening. So at the level that I expressed in the book, so the book probably doesn't go deeper than level two or three on any of these steps. Um, some I went a bit deeper because I think, you know, people are, are generally are, are ready for a bit more. Um, if I just came in gun, all guns blazing and said, level seven, pew, 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 you know, that's a that's not necessarily something that people are going to be able to connect to. I wanted something that people could have some groundwork to. And as I continue to publish books on these, these, these ideas and, and uh, on these philosophies and ways of, of, of creating our reality, then I will go a bit deeper into it. But generally I say that for people that are in our programs and stuff like that, but mm -hmm. you know, listening at its first, it's just having a relationship with silence. Mm -hmm. That's the very first thing that we do learn to develop a relationship with silence because for the, for the most part, we don't know how to just be okay with silence. Um, we're taught the silence is uncomfortable, uncomfortable silences, whereas that's the only place that we can actually start to hear, <laughs> hear things back. Um, getting comfortable learning the language of ourself. You know, we, we spend so much time not aware and being in our body that we don't even know our emotional responses to stuff. We don't have the ability to, to have that communication. And so again, that's another level that we get into. And then we can start, you know, at the ultimate level, what we're doing with listening is we're becoming the observer, witnessing the whole thing that we call life playing out. Not in it, but watching it. That's what watching we essentially it. want, watching it. And Eckhart Tolle talks about this in The Power of Now, becoming the watcher, becoming the observer, which is ultimately where, where we want to get to. But, you know, when I read The Power of Now the first time 12 years ago, and that was one of the, the, the books that really, really supported the ideas that I, I speak about in, in Beyond Intention, because essentially Beyond Intention was 
a tool that I used to practice some of these great ideas, but I didn't feel that they gave me a framework within which me and my mind could, could access. Okay, that's great, Eckhart. Just be, just be in the present moment. Do not listen to me. <laughs> just be in the present moment. That's great, mate, but how do I do that? My brain functions better with a step-by-step model, some kind of structure. And so beyond intention in many respects, at least at some level, was an attempt to create a structure that facilitates being more present and in that presence directing our ability to create in our life. Yeah, that's very good. That's good stuff. Yeah. Listening yeah. to is also a it, – it, it's not only a way that we can beat ourselves up because we are good at that. It's a way that we can change the, the nature of our relationship with ourselves. I guess that's Definitely. what I'm aiming for. And I think that's mm-hmm. really probably what you're driving at uh, in this section of the book. Um, mm-hmm. To what degree do you advocate actually taking advantage of our ability to talk to ourselves in order to build that relationship? Well, in listening, it's not the talking piece. Let me be very clear about that. In in the listening step of, of Beyond Intention, we're witnessing what's already been done. So the talking piece would happen in accept if there was any talking to do because ah, okay. we're, we're working on the mindset, right? We're, we're, we're accepting responsibility. So maybe there's some self-talk mm-hmm. happening there. Mm-hmm. Maybe in order to get present, we have some self-talking in step two in clear, if that's how we operate. For example, um, my brain works very well with the options method, which is challenging stories that hold me out of the now. I can do that. Not everybody can do that. Okay. That's works for me. Um, but, the creation piece actually really happens in gratitude because creation happens when we connect to the outcome emotionally, we, mm-hmm. we step into that emotional state. And so for many people, they'll get to gratitude and things will just start showing up. They'll have instant manifestations or, you know, they'll have something that shows up. The phone call will happen or they'll have that opportunity. I had this with, I was on a call with a friend and was speaking about something and we, we shifted her frequency and she had a miracle happen while she was on the phone. Something that she was waiting for literally happened there and then. You know, we've seen that sort of thing happen. But that space between stepping into the state of a thing in gratitude and receiving it, that space between is where the listening happens. Mm-hmm. Because that's the minefield where we normally doubt set, settles in, fear settles in. This is all poppycock, what am I doing, settles in. <laughs> we lose awareness and end up going back into an old emotional state or we stop being deliberate with the choice. You know, especially if we're talking about healing your body of something. You know, that can take time. You know, it doesn't necessarily happen overnight. Keeping up with it happens during that space of listening. So listening is what we do between essentially connecting to the intention and gratitude and actually manifesting it, actually experiencing it. And in that space, we're literally the guard, the guard of our mind, really, the guardian of our thoughts and paying attention to what the narratives and stories are running through. Maybe that requires journaling about it. Maybe it requires making some notes and making some tweaky adjustments. But as things come up, we go back to the beginning. We accept, okay, this thing's here. I get it. Cool. I don't know where it came from. Or maybe I do, but that's not really important right now. What's important is I accept that I'm the originator of this. And then we clear using the toolkit. We clear and get present again. And once we're present, we then ask ourselves, what do I choose to experience here and now? Do I choose this thing or not? I don't. So I imprint what I want. And then I go back to a space of listening and listening isn't sitting there in a kumbaya stance. It's how we live in our lives. It's being present. You know, some of the, 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 the practices I give clients is just thinking before, before you speak, do mm-hmm. not speak without thinking. 
you know, and I give people a, a, a tool, a, a tool called the, the, the disruption exercise. We'll invite them to spend a day, half a day, just not acting on any impulses, but challenging every impulse mm. so that you're stepping into more conscious awareness of what's going on in your mind. And that's what we're doing with listening. We're but, stepping into a space of watching what's going on. That, that's a, a big part right there because you, you were talking about um, essentially taking, I think the way you said it was you take responsibility for whatever's coming along because you've created, that's a big deal. I mean, yeah. that, that's not something that most people find that they very easily fall into nope. because it means among other things that things that you are ready to blame somebody else for or something <laughs> else for is really something you attract. That's not so easy. <laughs> Look, and that's why we start with the common denominator until you're ready to accept that you're the common denominator moving forward doesn't really work. But once you're ready to accept that you're the common denominator, then we can start to move on to different levels, that you are your best agent, for example, um, that you're accept that you're you're human and that you're not going to be perfect all the time. Uh, you know, accept that you're more than just this meat suit that you're in. And that, again, takes time. Accepting that people aren't always going to like you. And that's OK. Accepting that things aren't always going to go according to plan because at this level of consciousness, we can't see the whole the whole field. And, you know, when I work with people over a longer period, working on the, applying these practices, that's the level of depth that we get to until, and we keep pushing the edge, not the buttons, we keep pushing the edge, we keep pushing the edge until we get to that point where it becomes impossible to not just accept that, wow, this thing I'm calling my life, I put this thing together. All right, cool. What am I going to do now? Do I want it or not? And sometimes you will just accept, okay, I'm not ready to let go of this blame. You know, I am addicted to playing out this narrative of blaming my mum for my life. And I'm ready to accept that right now. I don't like it, but I'm not ready <laughs> to put the work in of changing it. And if I'm not ready to put the work in of changing it, I'm going to sit here and, and sit in this fire. But even consciously, like I said, with the lazy choice, and I don't remember if it was a Thursday or a Tuesday, you know, just being ready to accept even a disempowering outcome, but to accept it, that still takes some of that power back because you've not done it as an unconscious program. Mm -hmm. You've done it as a conscious choice and that and that alone still gives you some of your power back and we're actually experiencing it right now as we're doing the show because i mentioned we, we lost our youtube feed and i was trying to get it back while you were talking i couldn't get it back well mm -hmm. my first inclination is to say well youtube failed again mm -hmm. instead of saying well i don't know how i attracted that but somehow i attracted that <laughs> <laughs> that's it because we attract who we are we attract who we are and like, you know, the, the next level of my work, alchemic life creation, which is what we do once we've, we have, we're practiced in being beyond intention. It's just recognizing that reality wraps around our emotional state. Our emotional state is representative of our vibration and our vibration is going <laughs> to, the, the sole governing principle of the, ex the experiences that we, that we have. So reality wraps around how we feel. And so, you know, when this stuff happens, like the, earlier on today, I was like, okay, well, Clearly, my emotional state is a match for these experiences. I'm just going to disrupt it and then go in and dictate what my emotional state is and mm. cognitively connect that to a quality of experiences that I want. Yeah. And in that space, I can only experience a higher level of vibration. And by the way, YouTube does seem to be accepting uh, some responsibility because they keep saying an error occurred. Please try again later. <laughs> so <laughs> there's more than one entity involved here. Exactly. <laughs> But as another example, uh, so often when things happen in what we might call uh, a vortex, a negative vortex, one bad thing happening after another, we tend to associate, oh, well, I'm in that negative vortex again and all this mm -hmm. stuff is happening. We, we, again, we had today, you had that, that uh, 
difficult way of waking up and it led to this IRS thing. And now we got this YouTube thing. Our good friend Alex is dealing with a medical issue today. She is. <laughs> She can't even be here on the show because she's dealing with that. And and you can start to think to yourself, oh, my God, am I attracting all this terrible stuff? What's going on here? Mm -hmm. Not a good place to be. And, and you know, one of the things that we go into, one of the deeper levels of Beyond Intention is rejecting this idea that anything's good or bad, positive or negative. The law of mm. relativity, things just are. Yes. Right. And once you do get to a point where you can just recognize that things just are, and it's a practice of being able to, to make the choice to, to do that right then it empowers you again to stop projecting this emotion or allowing this thing to to ignite or spark a disempowering emotional state it's just okay this just is but guess what it's ephemeral because it doesn't have to last beyond this moment anyway mm. so rather than getting caught up in the thing stepping back and saying okay i am the frequency that's re responding as that's uh, showing up as this thing come back to me accept that clear my current emotional state come back to the now imprint the emotional state that i want and listening to see if it's taken hold has it not okay let's accept again what's the story that's playing that's stopping that take hold clear that step into it yeah and you'll start to the more awareness that you start placing on being in that observer state and just watching dispassionately from the sidelines you start seeing that the miracles start happening a lot faster oh yeah because because what in order to do that, and this is a this is a, a, a quantum hack to some extent, because the second that we step out of the picture, we're no longer within the illusion. And when we're not in the illusion, which is really the thing that stops us manifesting, apart from the law of gestation, which is a whole other whole other story, you know, the stories of time and things needing to take time and the, the I would, but this and that. I can't be those stories and the observer of those stories at the same time. Mm. So I pull my consciousness out of that and I just allow a free flow. All those blocks that I've been putting on my vortex of stories and disempowering beliefs and all that stuff, they fall away and then things just start popping out of the vortex here, left and right. And then we start celebrating those, changing our baseline experience through celebration so that when we go back to do more creation going forward, we're doing it from a completely different position without those stories, but in fact, the mind having evidence to support a new way of thinking, a new way of being. I find myself going back to that over and over again. It just comes down to what's it going to take for me to release. If I can release, like you say, it's like opening up that hole in the vortex and everything just starts flowing out. And mm -hmm. it all comes down to that. It, I, when I kind of turn that into a visual model, like a model in my head, I almost imagine like, there's this cellophane wrap all around my vortex. <laughs> it's just keeping everything in there. And somehow I got to poke a hole in that cellophane. <laughs> mm -hmm. That but cellophane really cool is all my resistances. <laughs> and the resistances are just stories that we're tied to. But once yeah. we start observing those stories, and like I said, clearing, you know, ultimately we want to get to love. And love is the highest level of acceptance. It's the highest frequency. Once we start shining that light of love as the observer, they can't sit in the same space. That's true. Yeah. Coherent frequencies and incoherent frequencies cannot exist in the same space. And this is one of the great simple truths um, scientifically demonstrated that I got from my teacher, Dr. Joe Dispenza. It's just the idea that coherent frequencies and incoherent frequencies cannot occupy the same space. But the coherent frequency will always consume the incoherent frequency. So if we just keep introducing a coherent frequency into a space of incoherence, then the incoherence has to disappear and it will step into coherence. 
and in short, keep shining the light and the darkness can't be in there at the same time. And for those who aren't familiar with Dr. Dispenza's teachings, talk a little bit about what he means by coherence and incoherence, because those are very We're specific terms for him. Brain, he's talking about, oh, so, right, let me again clarify, I'm not qualified. <laughs> <laughs> I'm speaking as a consumer of the content and a student, but when he actually has demonstrated them, for example, on um, in, in workshops and events, we're actually talking about measurable brain scans of coherent wave brain waves and incoherent brain waves and our emotional state shows up in our brain waves and so this is a measure a way to measurably see how our emotional state is affecting our reality because when i'm in an incoherent emotional state it shows up in an incoherent brain wave but when i step into a coherent emotional state it shows up in a coherent brain wave literally measurably you can see this beautiful coherence on the chart versus this squiggly stuff going and he's been collecting brain scans for the last five or six years he's got thousands and thousands of these things demonstrating that you know, when you're doing certain practices, your brain waves, you know, they change. When you're thinking certain thoughts or in a space of heart coherence, your brain waves ultimately, you know, they come into coherence, which is reflective of where we are at emotionally. And for those who've ever seen an oscilloscope screen during any kind of a, of a scan, brain scan or anything else, it's a sine wave. It's a very consistent wave because you know, up, yeah. down, up, down, very, very steady and so forth. That's what mm -hmm. he's referring to as a coherent wave, whereas incoherent think squiggles <laughs> and when you see this on a brain scan like you know dr joe puts up the brain scans and you see like i mean he uses meditation um in order to, to change our, our brain waves and therefore our, our state but you'll see like the squiggles are like this and then someone will get into heart coherence in a meditation you'll go bloop, 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 like it just changes mm -hmm. and for me one of the things i love taking away from that is that the change doesn't take time. The change takes an instant. It's us getting ready to make the change, which is something that, you know, Tony Robbins says um, all the time, you know, change does not take time. Change takes an instant. It's, mm. it's getting ready to make the change. And in many ways, my work is about empowering people to just make their choice to make the change. Yeah. Yeah. It reminds me of uh, conversations that I had in the very early years of the podcast when my first co-host was my sister-in-law, Yuona, who is... She and I are still trying to figure out exactly when, but she's going to be coming back in March to uh, do a series of stuff. And uh, she w she explained to me at one point during one show many years ago how they're able to measure a lot of things, not just the brain waves, but they can measure everything from what happens when you have a thought through what happens throughout the nervous system as the thought is being transmitted or the, the results of the thought are being transmitted through neurotransmitters. They can track it mm -hmm. down to what happens when it gets down to the cell level where there's some sort of healing that needs to go on or some sort of damage that's being done or whatever it might be. They wow. can track the whole thing. And to the point where it is now possible to actually wire somebody up that not that they're doing a whole lot with this, but you could wire somebody up from beginning to end and track the signal through the whole thing and watch as somebody has a, what we'll call a positive thought or, or what I like to call a thought that they like mm -hmm. and how it leads to a healing going on over here within 90 mm -hmm. seconds, That's the 90 funny. second frame. And if you have a thought that is what we'll call a negative thought, something you don't like that you're afraid of or whatever, it will actually go down through the pathways to some point in the body and they'll be able to see where it's killing neurons. I wow. mean, it, that that's what they can actually detect. It's just amazing. Wow. You know, yes. so you, you talk about this instantaneous and it is, I mean, well, 90 seconds is not exactly instantaneous, but it's still pretty darn yeah. quick. You know, yeah. you have that kind of thing going on. It means literally what we're thinking about every single moment of every single day matters. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Mm -hmm. And that, that is where, 
in my own development, now this was earlier on in the show, uh, you know, six years ago, something like that. That's where I started to freak out mm-hmm. because I was saying to myself, oh my God, I got so many thoughts. I can't monitor all those thoughts. <laughs> and this is, and this is where um, intention setting comes in because what we're doing with intention, we're disrupting what that automatic feed of thoughts are. Mm. And, and, you know, what I really desire to, to do for people with my work is, Number one, in the short term, create disruptions so that we can start to, to shift the, the, the tracks. But then in the long term, shift the autopilot, shift that auto program so that it's producing quality of thoughts that we like mm-hmm. versus what we don't like. Quality thoughts that we've consciously chosen set that new autopilot because, you know, the, the brain didn't wake up now. I mean, I'm 36 years old now. I didn't wake up this morning with 36 year old brain over 36 years my brain had en- enough evidence to support the narratives and stories that it runs on now. So if those thoughts and narratives were implanted, then other ones can be implanted too. And it's as simple as looking at how they got there in the first place and replicating that process. And that's sufficient inputs across the range of brainwave, uh, brain states came in and were accepted, accepted and reinforced repetitively over time. And that's it. And so that's what I do, you know, uh, for myself. And this is so, sort of what we speak about with the flow final piece of the book. I don't go into as much detail because it's, it's, a, it's a teaching in and of itself, really. But, you know, across the board, when I'm working with people, it's the financial abundance or their whatever. It's understanding that the belief systems that you have, the stories that you're running on, did not come from nowhere. They came because over time, evidence was presented to the mind that this is what it is. The mind isn't, the subconscious mind is it, not, making choices about what it accepts and doesn't accept it just goes on the evidence so when you've got when you're in an environment that supports the same old narrative of poverty and lack then it says okay well i guess poverty and lack still the narrative whereas when you start disrupting that not just by setting intentions and then sitting down or not just by doing a meditation and going on with your life but following through with actions choices curating an environment that supports your intention that belief system must change which is it, it makes sense when you hear it logically. When you're first hearing it, like I was five, six years ago for the first mm-hmm. time, and your brain is saying, your, your conscious mind is saying, well, yeah, of course, that makes total sense. And the inside is saying, you don't believe that for a second. <laughs> and that narrative is what we're doing, what we're listening out to. We've listened. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and the funniest thing is, I, and I remember proposing this both on the show and to myself at that time. I proposed the idea, okay. Maybe I don't really believe that I'm going to have all this control. Maybe I really don't believe I can change my mind. Maybe I really don't believe I can change the narrative. But what the heck? I'm going to try anyway. I'm just that's going to try anyway. That's it. That's a low level of acceptance in action. You're just you're finding your edge and you're moving through it and you're just you're finding a point of, of, of acceptance. And from there, we can start doing some work to start clearing around what you do accept and believe is at least possible. One hack that I always give people and I really had breakthroughs of people on this um, in coaching is that you may not accept that narrative in its entirety, but you have to accept that you probably don't know if it definitely isn't true. Mm. So you can say maybe, mm-hmm. but the thing is the second that you say, maybe you open back up to infinite possibility because it's, right, not, yeah. it's not a definite no. Mm-hmm. We're not saying it's a yes. We're saying, and I speak about that in the book. When I speak about um, this whole thing that I had about the existence of soulmates as a, dealing with relationships and, my journey with that it was that i hit this spot where i realized i'd been creating disempowering patterns in relationship 
mm. because I didn't believe that you were allowed to be happy in a relationship. Yeah. And I didn't know that that program was running. But the second that I saw it, I didn't believe in soulmates and all that stuff still yet. I was like, yeah, still poppycock. But I could at least say maybe it's true. True. And that maybe it's true opened me up to now being a really loving, healthy relationship. But mm -hmm. that it required me to be able to at least be open to it. Because at the point I was saying no, I was going to keep subconsciously creating experiences that resonated with the antithesis of that, which is really just what I've been believing the whole time. But it does require just being able to a listen and hear what that story is and then lovingly accept it. Okay, this is what I accept. I can fight it and pretend it's not there or I can accept it. We have to accept the shadow to transcend the shadow. And from that space, we can start to do the work of clearing it. And then in that space of clearness, of clarity, imprint a new program, a new story, a new narrative, a new belief. And a lot of teachers will teach us that what what you really need to kind of buy into is the idea that it isn't so much whether you've, you've reached the destination. The journey is the important part. You know, it's all about the journey. And again, when you're in that initial state saying, oh, God, you know, I don't know how I can monitor all this stuff. It seems so overwhelming. OK, maybe I have this ongoing narrative I've been telling for years, but I don't see how it can change. But I'm willing to try anyway. And so I try anyway and I do it a little bit each day and I do it a little bit more each day. And then over time, I start to notice that I am starting to get a little bit of change and I am starting to get a little bit of a shift. That's the journey right there yes. for me, mm -hmm. noticing that and recognizing, wow, over time, I really am making some changes. I haven't, I may not have that big house yet. I may not have that huge income or that fabulous relationship. I may not have cleared up the cancer or I may not have cleared up whatever it is that I'm trying to clear up, mm -hmm. but I can see the progress. That progress mm -hmm. is actually there. That's the journey. And when you can mm. see that journey, now all of a sudden the belief starts to build up. Yeah. I really noticed that when I started doing mirror exercises. I don't know if that's one of the things on your list. but I think it is on there, but if not, self-talk, positive self-talk is on there. And I definitely talk about yeah, same work. Same basic idea. Yeah. Um, mirror exercise is basically just doing self-talk into a mirror, which is really, really screwy the first time you do it. But yeah. it's fine after a while. <laughs> Trust mm. me, if, if you're thinking about doing mirror exercises, folks, do it for at least three days. After the third day, yeah. it'll feel, feel much better. The first day just feels just plain weird. That's all there is. Yeah, I love telling myself I'm beautiful <laughs> every time I see myself in the mirror. God damn you, beautiful man, damn man, get up. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. yeah. I remember the first time I said to myself, to my own reflection, looking directly in my eyes, I love you. I cringed. I just yeah. cringed. <laughs> but, you know, but that's, that's indicative of your story. Even that yeah. emotional response recognizing that emotional response is listening in action because you're recognizing with awareness what that response is and that response within it gives uh direction to a story that you're running on and that story That's is right. that maybe i'm uncomfortable receiving love and if you're uncomfortable receiving love how are you going to have an experience that embodies the reception of love i'm amazed that i've had any at all to be perfectly honest <laughs> <laughs> Which just, that also illustrates another point. You don't have to have total success in order to have partial success. I mean, no. partial successes happen along the way. That's also part of that journey. So mm. the journey actually is pretty cool if, when you give it a chance. Yeah. I think that's really the, the difference maker between those who succeed with this and those who fail with this. The ones who fail just don't give it much of a chance, do they? Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah. And that's really what it comes down to. So, okay. Well, that, that's been good. Uh, talking about what uh, step four is listening. Um, we still have, uh, I think it was like three or four chapters left in the book to discuss. So we'll, we'll go after those next week, but, um, good stuff. I think we have mm -hmm. a better handle on your four step process and it's a good one. 
Brilliant. What we probably could do at some point is go into more depth about what each of that. You said there are seven levels to each one. That's 28 seven. levels. There, there, there's, a, there's a few levels going on there. Yeah, there's a few levels. And and I'm producing something right now. Um, I'm producing a um, sort of, a, I don't know if you've, uh, my, my friend told me about this program that Tony Robbins has got where he basically talks to you and like gives you like some guidance for like, I think it's like a 30 day program or something, mm-hmm. but it's like an hour a day, very uh-huh. intense, Tony Robbins style. But I'm actually producing, um, I'm mapping it out at the moment, a, a similar thing that takes you through the, the 28 points of those seven levels for each part of Beyond Intention. So 28 days, which is the cycle, like a lunar cycle of, of, of recreation sure. and lunas, uh, going through that, but very, very bite-sized baby steps. So whether it's a piece and an exercise within some exercise to take you a bit. So if you've only got five minutes, you can do this. If you've got two minutes, you can do this. If you've got longer. So depending on how much time you've got, you can basically take it deeper. So I'm actually producing, um, I want to make it like a, you know, like a 20 bucks sort of thing that people can sort of get, get hold oh, of. Good. So we're producing that at the moment, mapping it out and, seeing what you know the best way to deliver it and get that out so my intention is that um i'll do the the firm production of it when i'm in europe over the summer so that by the fall we've got out for the world but we'll be going through each of those 28 levels in a really gentle way so you can get a bit deeper practice it get a bit deeper and practice it and so on and so forth but that's really good because i mean i think all of us can benefit from having a personal coach in a sense and many of us can't afford a personal coach there's a great way to get a personal coach very inexpensively because the personal yeah. coach can basically send out a hundred copies and it's the same thing as doing one session for somebody. Exactly. No, it's good. Exactly. It's really, really good. I'm glad See, I'm doing, doing some that. research and I'm finishing, I've just finished my hypnosis qualification. I've got to take my, um, take my exam and get my, my, my paperwork for that. And um, I'm going to finish my NLP qualification because I really want to make sure that I'm, you know, I'm mapping this out to really make it the best for people so that, you know, they can really get some real change from this. I'm not interested in, you know, just taking 20 bucks from people and having them have something that doesn't really work. Yeah. I really want to make sure that it's got the tools that really, really gives people some change um, from this program. So that's good. That's really good. Yeah. I, I wish that more people had that level of commitment to produce the lower cost stuff to that degree of quality. Cause quality is kind of, in my opinion, it's kind of fallen by the wayside. In many cases, people are just kind of shoving products out there. Now, doing it right, I think is important. So I'm glad you're doing it right. That's good. I mean, it's a matter of integrity for me. Uh, and the, the smallest swings open the biggest doors. The, yes. swings open the biggest doors. So for me, uh, not to say that I put more energy into a 20 bucks program than I do for someone that gives me 25,000 to be in my mastermind. Sure. For me, it's the same level of energy that goes into to, to both. You know, whenever I put my, my other half, Olga, she was perplexed at how much time and energy I was putting into the free masterclass I did the other day. She was like, but dad, you're why are you giving away so much stuff for free? Like, <laughs> but for me, it's the same heart, the same passion, the same level of commitment, the same care and concern for people that ask me questions on a free course I've done to people that pay me tens of thousands, they, they will get the same out of me. Right. Yeah, that's a good yeah. thing. Very good. Yeah. Um, before we go, I want to make sure that uh, I give people our usual promotional announcements and even throw in a different one or two that hasn't been done or has been done infrequently. First of all, if you're not yet subscribed to this podcast, you can see what kind of content you get. It's pretty darn good, and it's different every <laughs> single day. Uh, just go to the homepage of our website, LOAToday.net. Very simple, right at the top of the page. 
when Daniel did it, he did it in one click. Sometimes it's two or three right. clicks, but uh, you know, it's usually pretty quick. And then you get all of our episodes, speaking of free, coming free right to your device every single time that we do them. You can also check us out on YouTube. Normally we work fine on YouTube. Today's YouTube session didn't work quite so nicely. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to be honest about it and say I must have attracted it somehow, but YouTube give, did give me an error message. So we'll kind of share the blame there. But well, you, you can post the video up anyway. Well, yeah, that's true. I can post the video and I'll, I'll probably also post a link to the podcast saying, well, here's how you can listen to the whole thing, you know, and I can be yeah. a subscriber too. But subscribe no, to but, both places. No, but you've, you've, you've recorded it on Zoom. You've got the I know. Video I'm going to do both. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm going to turn it into, see, I, I always try to subscribe every way I can get somebody to subscribe. So I'm going to give them both. <laughs> Great stuff. <laughs> also, I want to uh, remind people that uh, if you're not members yet of the uh, the Facebook Law of Attraction Pivot Pals group, that's a great place to join to be a part of a group that just supports each other in focusing on, on their own intentions, um, what we mm -hmm. call uh, vignettes in the group, but it's basically the same idea. Each of our members uh, will, will post uh, some vignettes, something that they're trying to attract into their lives, and they'll go back and revisit it each day and um, well, some of them will, and, and those who go back, they'll actually post, okay, I went back and did it again today. It's kind of like creating a, a, a written track record of I'm staying to my plan of, of making changes in my life, changing the way my thought process works, changing that narrative. So mm -hmm. join the, the Pivot Pal group. It's really, it's free, another free thing. And so it's, it's a nice way to kind of keep yourself kind of like holding your feet to the fire, but with really friendly people helping you doing it instead of, you know, being your dad like well why didn't you do your stuff today <laughs> <laughs> and then finally i want to let people know uh cindy chavez and i weren't able to do the show yesterday but she'll be back next wednesday and we uh we've pretty much finished our neville goddard series for the moment anyway we'll probably get back to neville at some point but for the next few weeks we're going to be talking more about relationships which is her bailiwick that's what the she focuses on in her coaching practice so if you have any kind of a relationship issue you'd like to have us address just send an email or a, a Facebook message or a messenger message or something to us. And we will include your question in the show and we will answer it live. So you can get a direct reading from Cindy about how to handle relationship issues. My email address is walt at LOAToday.net. So feel free to drop a line and uh, we'll be glad to include it. So there's our promotional messages for the day. Nice. And uh, Daniel, thank you so much for uh, sharing more about your book. Um, Stepping Beyond Intention is clearly... You know, you, you put a lot of work into this thing. It's very clear. I'm going to be curious <laughs> to see how it's going to close up when we do the last four chapters in the next week or two. So good stuff. Nice. So yes, thank you very much. And uh, hopefully our friend Alex will be back with us on Tuesday. We'll, we'll be yes. holding our, our, our uh, best positive intentions for that. And so you know, be sure to tune in on that as well. We hope you all have a great uh, weekend. Uh, obviously, tomorrow is uh, Linda Armstrong. You want to make sure you tune in for that because uh, Linda is always pulling the cards and her cards are just amazing. Absolutely right, spot on every single time. So good stuff there. So thank you very much. Thank you, Dan. Thank you to our podcast listeners as well. We'll see you all next time here on LOA Today. Goodbye. Everybody.